0: A-B-L-E-S. EBLS. Remember that name because if you suffer from chronic joint and muscle pain like me, then EBLS Broad Spectrum CBD Oil is your answer to your prayers the evil story began with the search for something natural to help manage chronic migraines but evil's helps more than just migraines from managing chronic pain anxiety depression and more evil's is truly a game changer in the natural alternatives to big pharma drugs and yours truly brian nichols here on the brian nichols show can indeed vouch for the quality of evil's having a herniated disc in my back Whew. coupled with years of sports injuries I was struggling to find something, anything to help manage my pain. That is until Ebels. With the best quality product and customer service in the industry, Ebels Broad Spectrum CBD Oil and Ebels Freeze Gel easily stand above all the competition. And right now, Ebels is offering a special discount to all members of the Brian Nickel Show audience on all orders. All you have to do is head to Ebels.com and use promo code TB. NS The Brian Nichols Show, right? TBNS at checkout. That's it. Disc on applied. Again, the code is TBNS at checkout to start managing your pain today with the highest quality CBD on the market. One more time, it is code TBNS at checkout. And now, on to the show. Can I pause for a second and just note that uh, we got Brian on here who is getting uh, Congressman Massey on, and our typical lineup includes like homeless people that believe in Bigfoot? <laughs> Hey, what's up, folks? Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Happy Monday! You made it through Valentine's Day. Did your loved one look at you and say, thank you so much for all the wonderful things you did for me? I hope so. That means you did a good job. And that means that you are, yes, alive. You made it through Valentine's Day, and you're in store for another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us. And today we are joined by, of course, another phenomenal guest today. We are joined by the lead singer from All That Remains, Phil Labonte. And he's joined the show to discuss... Well, I guess, what's the future of the country? How do things look for not just the greater liberty movement, but also the country, by and large, moving forward? But how do we, as those in the liberty movement, reach people in the culture? And uh, Phil digs into that and more, so without further ado, onto the show, Phil Labonte, here on The Brian Nichols Show.
1: What's going on, man? How you doing?
0: Doing good, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us. I know you were in the middle of a move, so uh, life's crazy and we look around, yeah. life's crazy everywhere. It seems we're in an era of COVID. There's still uncertainty up in the air. And yet, uh, you know, we here we are, we're, we're still trying to make things happen and in this world. We're trying to advance liberty, make people's lives better. And you've been doing that through the realm of the culture, through music. And that's something that is very near and dear to me. I've, you know, I'm very musically inclined, uh, you know, sang in, in chorus and in choir and in uh, theater throughout my entire, uh, you know, growing up and, and going through college and stuff. So I love, I love being able to, uh, to talk to people about music, but also to dig into this, how can we change people's hearts and minds uh, where it actually counts? And that's you know, the things that matter to them. And I think music is definitely something we can reach people in a different way. So with that being said, Phil, introduce yourself to the Brian Nicholas Show audience, kind of what got you into music, number one, number two, got you into politics.
1: Uh, well, my name is Phil Labonte. I sing for all the remains, like you said. Um, I first started playing guitar when I was 14 and played in bands growing up from, you know, when I was a teenager and stuff. And I I'd always kind of just been in a band. Uh, we played heavy underground metal. Um, and so I never really anticipated doing it as a full-time job, to be honest with you. Um, the stuff that we played, the band, the, the bands that I liked, I knew they all would like, they'd go on tour, but when they went home, they would have to have like a side job or a job, a real job that, that they would do. And um, so I never looked at being in a band as trying. Um, Fortunately for me, uh, times change and, and uh, there've been a lot of happy accidents, I guess, uh, that have put me in a position where, uh this is my only job or you know being in a band is the only the only is my main source of income and and the things that go along with being in a band and being a i guess uh a musician in twenty twenty one uh you know have have provided me with the opportunity to only do this kind of stuff work for myself not have to worry about a boss um not have to worry about going to a job every day and and so i'm I'm really fortunate in that so um And then as to when it comes to liberty, um, I was the I was a guy that came from the right. I was a Republican. My dad was a business owner and and I would see the way that he had to deal with the government. And it was a lot of times it was dealing with the local government with permits and zoning and and et cetera, et cetera. And I would see how difficult that made his life. Uh, And so, you know, I was I was a consider I would consider would have considered myself fairly conservative, but. Even in the 90s, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't a, a very, very conservative guy. We grew up, I grew up in Massachusetts. So, a conservative by Massachusetts standards that, you know, that doesn't come from an extremely religious family is not a conservative uh, by, say, maybe South Carolina standards right. or, or, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the states in the Midwest or, or even down here in Texas. Um, I, so even as a you know, quote unquote Republican, I was still pretty liberal for a Republican um, currently among my friends, because I'm, you know, I've definitely moved away from a, a conservative perspective along, uh, among most of my friends and stuff. I'm the lib, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that, that, uh, that's to considered the dirty lib to them because I, you know, I'm like, you know, there's not really a problem with immigration. And it's like, wow, well, you know, blah, blah blah. I'm like, look, look, the problem with immigration isn't the, isn't immigration. The problem with, with immigration is the goddamn state giving away money and blah, 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 blah. you know, all the, all the libertarian stuff. Um, and so for the most part, they, they, they tolerate my, uh, my <laughs> political perspective, I guess is probably a fair way to say it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I found myself very disillusioned with the Republican party. When, when the Iraq war came, um, Mm. I believed the line that the government was, was selling. And when it came out that, you know, there was no, no, uh, no chance of a nuclear bomb being developed in Iraq. I was, I was really, really upset. I was pissed because I felt like, you know, I felt like they lied to me personally you know, they made a fool of me because I was, I was the guy that would defend it. I would be like, no, but look, you know, look at these are the things, this is the evidence, Da da da. And then to come, come to find out that it was all bullshit, you know, was really, 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 you know, frustrating to me. So it was probably 2006 or so when I was like, oh, this has got it, you know, this is, this is, this is not cool. This isn't, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't what we were sold. And then, uh, you know, throw in the fact that, uh, you know, Ron Paul kind of was, was on the scene and, and I started listening to him and, and it became very, very, very obvious to me very quickly that I wasn't a conservative, that I was really kind of more focused on the, the founding principles. And I felt like the conservatives were the ones that were trying to defend those. And they weren't, they were the ones that were giving it lip service. You know, the, the Democrats didn't talk the 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 talk about having a small government they didn't talk the talk about um being fiscally conservative they didn't talk the talk about liberty and freedom and stuff like that that was that was the republicans bullshit line um you know and so when i when i found ron you know when i found out who ron paul was and started talking to him or listening to him hold on a second my dog's gonna give me a hassle right now um so yeah I, i found ron paul and and listened to his uh you know, a lot of his stuff. And then I, I found Tom Woods stuff and listened to Tom and, and he introduced me to people like Lysander Spooner and, and, and like, you know, real anarchist thought. And, uh, and so, you know, that was, uh, that was the thing, you know, lay down
0: dogs. You gotta love them. And, and, you know, while one of the things that's interesting that it struck you and I'm sure there's folks out there that that are in the same vein, right? Was the war the the war yeah. in the in the 2000s? Yeah. That was the big deal. Now, one of the things we focus here on my show, with you know my being a sales executive, is we focus on how how can we take these ideas and the, the main issues that are bothering people and apply our values and make people realize, oh, well, the folks that are talking, i.e., these folks out there talking about liberty, they actually know what they're talking about in this case. So when we're looking at the the wars, that was the hot button issue and. I don't know why it's not (laughs) anymore. And and I guess I'll ask you, Phil, because you came from that world. What's changed? Mm -hmm. Where have the folks who were, you know, very against the wars, where have they gone, especially during these Obama and uh, Trump years?
1: I don't think that there are very many people that are actually against wars. I think that war is, is, especially the wars that we've fought for the past 20 years, they're very detached, Um, you know. And I think that it, it's easy to play lip service to it. Um, it's very easy to say, uh, oh, it's okay because it's over there. Um, I don't think that people put a, put a face with it. Um, and they don't see how wars in foreign countries really do affect the US and, and affect how, how the government behaves at home. You know, I mean, you look at the way you look at the way that uh that d c is is right now you know with with all with troops deployed in d c and and the left is fine with it the 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 left is completely comfortable they're with encouraging it they love it. it yeah yeah they encourage it they love it they're you know um so i don't think there is i don't think that there are people that are i don't think there are very many people that are actually anti war um mm-hmm. i don't think that there are very many people that are that really believe that have a a, a principled take on the, on the ideals that this that the country's founded on. I really don't. Um, people that for for a decade were very anti-war until Barack Obama was elected, um, and then as soon as Barack Obama gets elected, they're fine with drone strikes. They're fine with with deploying troops. Oh, we can't pull people out. We can't pull them out, and they would make all the excuses. And I mean. For to me personally, because of how because of how offended and, and really just upset I was the way that the government lied about getting into the Iraq war, and then I imagined that there would be people that would agree uh, about how bad war is once I kind of realized it. Or not just well, not just realized how bad war is, but realize that it was unjust, you know, right. that, that it wasn't it wasn't actually in defense of the US and stuff that I was like okay well I was wrong and 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 I shouldn't have trusted them and then to see all these people just be like oh it's totally fine because we like the guy that's doing it now and right. and and to see the way that as much as you know Donald Trump people have strong feelings about Donald Trump and that's fine and the pure libertarians the really the, the purest the anarchists they're they're going to tell you that he was he was an authoritarian and I back it like I I really 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 think that he had an authoritarian streak in him that had Had he had the support, he would have, you know, he would, he would be, he would have been a very authoritarian kind of guy, Um, but he didn't start a new war. You know, he, he, he continued some stuff that was already going on, but he also tried to end wars. And I think that he had, he had a lot of problems doing that because of Congress and because of the, because of the entrenched bureaucracies and stuff in with CIA and with, with, uh, um, you know, with the, the military industrial complex. So I think that now that, you know, now that he's not the president and we got Joe Biden, it's just going to be more of the same. Mm. It's just going to be more, you know, there, there will be bombings and there will be another war. I'm, I'm, I'm confident that more troops will get deployed. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the deployments might be in the US itself. Um and uh, you know, I, I think I, I'm I'm fairly blackpilled. I I'm I'm not I don't have a whole lot of uh a whole lot of positive things to say um because it, it I haven't seen anything positive to talk about. Everything has been moving in the wrong direction. Everything has been moving away from liberty. Everything has been moving towards authoritarianism. You've got people that on the left that are supposed to be anti-authoritarian who are, who are cheering on authoritarian moves because it's their team doing it. And so the, the only people that are concerned with, you know, protecting liberty are libertarians and like, we're like, like three out of a hundred, you know, people are libertarians. There's so few libertarians that are principled, uh, you know, and if uh, one of the things that frustrates me is like, some people, a lot of people that I know in the music industry are very, very left leaning and, you know, spent the entire Bush years complaining about George Bush and and writing songs against the writing records, entire records against the uh, against the Iraq war and, and talking about the importance of of civil liberties and stuff. And now they, they don't have anything to say except for they'll criticize the 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 uh, I mean, the morons that that were at the Capitol. Like they, they call that an insurrection and blow that so far out of proportion to justify authoritarianism. And these are people that, that like ostensibly are, are anti-war and against authoritarianism. And they're not, they're not. And, and it just makes me fucking sick. It really just makes me fucking sick to my stomach to, to hear people defend these things because it's their team doing it. And, And, and so, I have no respect. I've lost so much respect for so many people and I'm not going to go ahead and point fingers and stuff, but I've lost so much respect for so many people. And I'm not the most principled libertarian because I'm not an anarchist. Like the anarchists make really great arguments. I don't know that I like, especially like people like Michael Malice or Eric July, like they make phenomenal arguments. And I want to agree with them. I just don't see how I'm, I don't see it working out that way in, in the real world. And not because I'm like, oh, I can come up with, with holes in your arguments. It's just that I haven't seen it. Like I haven't actually seen it materialize. So as much as, they, as much as the arguments are great and I love them and I want them to be right and my heart is with them, I, I'm still like a minarchist because this stuff just hasn't materialized. You know, yeah. So
0: there's a lot of moving pieces, right? I think it starts out yeah. first with us going local, and this is something we've been talking about in the show. I mean, I just had uh, Jeremy Kaufman from the uh, the Free State Project up there in New Hampshire, right? And uh, yeah. talked yeah. about, uh, you know, FSP, the the progress they're making. I mean, you see this in Florida. At least you have some states who they weren't going with the traditional COVID, you know, protocols that were being put down from the experts which ended mm-hmm. up being exact opposite of what we were supposed to do. So you see yeah. that there have been at least some folks out there who have been standing as as stalwarts, right? Then that, that I guess the question goes to the – and you, you started to bring this up, and I'm really glad you went this direction. Like the folks who were in the industry, the folks that by all sense, they, they sound like they would be on our side on some very key issues, but they're not. And how there, do we win them there's over?
1: There's
0: none. So how do, I, how we, do we win We don't. We don't, no.
1: No, because we don't, because they're not, act, they, they're not principled. And to be a libertarian, you have to be principled. You have to be the guy that'll say, all right, even though I'm going to catch endless amounts of hell for this, I have to defend the Nazis' right to speak. You do. I mean, we used to have that in this country. We have, the ACLU used to do that. They don't do it anymore. Now they're talking about what words should be banned. I mean, there's no one that's principled anymore. it's 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 literally if it's one in a hundred, I would be surprised. It's probably more like one in a thousand. There's just no one that's principled. And and if they if they are principled, they don't have the balls to stand up and say it. Because they're afraid of getting canceled.
0: So how do we how do we convince them? Because I I mean, I know there are some people. I, ta- I
1: already told you on Blackpilled, we don't. Uh, I know. I, well, <laughs> how about
0: like the folks like the Vince Vaughns out there? Like I know, I mean, he's been on Tom Woods, and I was like, oh, yeah. Vince Vaughn on Tom Woods. Like that's good for you because that that yeah. that would that's at least a statement. That that's a step in the right direction. So how do we get more people like the the Vince Vaughns or the Rob Schneiders at least to just be a different voice through the culture, to to give people a different sense of I guess what else is out there besides what they've been fed, you know, day in and day out. If, if I could, if I, if I had an
1: answer, I would be doing it myself every day that I could. I mean, right now, the thing that I do is, I don't know if you know who James Lindsay is. Um, the Google he, guy, right? So on, 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 no, that's uh that was James Demore. There's a guy uh, by the name of James Lindsay on Twitter. He's conceptual James. And he's the guy that is, Essentially, explaining uh, critical theory to to lay people, and that's the biggest problem going right now. Critical theories, because critical theories are designed only to break things down. There is no building or repairing or fixing with a critical theory. So, so for 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 all intents and purposes, critical theories are okay to find problems, but you can't always use critical theory for everything because all it does is find problems. So if you're, if you apply critical theory to everything all the time, you don't make anything, you don't fix anything, nothing gets better. You're just sitting there. And that's why, that's why you see like a lot of, when it comes to like critical race theory inside critical race theory, they're attacking each other all the time because all they know is critical race theory or every, they, they see everything through a critical consciousness. And so if, they ha- if you have a critical consciousness, you see everything through that lens. So all you can ever do is pick things apart and you never build anything. You never fix anything. You never make anything better. You make, you make people racist. You liter- they literally make people racist. And there's this, this whole strain of neo-racism in, 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 the, in the U.S., of people that are racist thinking they're anti-racist, but they're fucking racist. They say horribly racist things. And for some reason, people think that it's okay. And I, and I think that it's because they, most people don't think about things. They don't put any thought into stuff. They just kind of hear it and say, well, that kind of sounds good, but they're looking at the world through a, through a, a broken lens, you know? Yeah. I, I can't recommend people, I can't recommend strongly enough, people should check out New Discourses, it's, a, uh, James, has, it's James Lindsay's uh, YouTube page, check out New Discourses, follow Conceptual James on Twitter, learn the stuff that he's talking about, because that is the stuff that is tearing this country apart. That is the stuff that is making life miserable for more people than I can, that, for, for tons of people, and they're making other people's lives
0: miserable. So going back to the so. pill, the pill analogy, right? The ble- the black pill, mm-hmm. right? So what yeah. would be the 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 painting? I guess a better vision. Because I know you were saying everything's just going downhill, really, and there's been no real, I guess, markers that you've seen that you can say like, well, we could look to this as a, I guess, a step in the right direction. So what will be the the I guess the positive future that we can paint down the road? Be it ten. 20 50 years from now where do you see this going where we can have at least some light at the end of the tunnel
1: uh my 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 hope is an article 5 convention of states and a, and the the abolition of the United States of America as an entity um or at least uh, the secession of some states without violence um if if the Northeast, the, the Northeast corridor from D.C. to Boston, if if they and, or, you know, Virginia up to Boston, if they want to stay the United States and they can have all the state, as many states as they want, stick with them, fine. Let other states leave and let them leave peacefully because there are so many people that don't want to ascribe to that lifestyle. And there's no reason why they should force people to. There's no reason at all other than a tax base. Because you know, you know, the wealthy are going to leave. The wealthy are going to get it because they're leaving California. They're boogieing the out of California like in in droves. I mean, I left New England because I didn't want to be in New England. I mean, I was supposed to talk with the with with some of the free state people, and I felt bad because I I kind of dropped this on them. But I was like, yo, I am getting out of here. After I heard John Brennan on MSNBC talking about targeting liter- libertarians, I was like, I need to get the hell away from the from the Northeast. Get away from where there are it's such a, a dense population of people who think so differently from me. And, you know, I, I would love to see uh, the, the U S break into, you know, balkanization, multiple countries, maybe three countries, maybe four countries, whatever. I imagine, I imagine new England or the Northeast, not new England, but the Northeast from DC or, or North Carolina, North staying one country. Uh, you know, I imagine like, I would imagine Texas, the reason, part of the reason why I came to Texas is because te- Texas has been a country in and of itself before. It has an infrastructure. Uh, it has oil. It has ports. It has refineries. It has the things that a country would need. And I imagine, like, there would be other states that would want to be, you know, aligned with Texas. And maybe it would be greater Texas as a country. I know that there's talk of, there are talk, there are people talking in in the Pacific Northwest about secession and stuff like that and having their own country. Let them do it. You know, let the let the states leave. And and the reason is because i I don't see I don't see how we get out of violence without that, whether it be whether it be Nicole Wallace on MSNBC pontificating about actual drone strikes against against people in the United States or or you know the authoritarian boot coming down on the 75 million people that voted for Trump or 100 million 110 million 120 million people that just aren't leftists and won't say okay and won't just say the words there i don't see good things in the future at all uh, so the best thing that i can think of is is some kind of national divorce uh some way for states to leave the United States and form their own countries. So that way, you know, the the U S the DC can have the, the massive government that it wants and it can print all the money that it wants and it can do all the things that it wants to do. And people that don't want to live that way are allowed to not live that way. I would love to see, I would love to see the 10th amendment really be, be, You know, given the respect that it deserves, I would love to see the the Constitution be given the respect that it deserves. But I mean, I posted something on Twitter the other day or like this morning or something like that, or maybe it was yesterday from Forbes talking about the Supreme Court is going to hear a case about whether or not the police can come into your house to get guns. And it's like, it's literally violating the fourth, the second, fourth and fifth amendments. And it has to, it made it, the fact that it made it to the Supreme court and it won't be nine to zero either. It, it made it to the Supreme court and it will not be nine to zero. I mean, I don't see how we get out of this without violence. I don't see how we get, I don't see a, a way forward without violence. And I, this is not what I want because, because, Violence, a a civil conflict in the United States will be a global conflict. If you think the United States falling into some kind of civil war, it doesn't mean that China moves or doesn't mean that China won't move on on Taiwan. You're wrong. China will move on Taiwan right now. India and Pakistan are are fighting over the Kashmir and China's got a stake in that because they want to build that road, the, the new Silk Road. So China will align with Pakistan against India if the U.S., falls into a conflict, it will engulf the world. So the idea of letting the US dissolve peacefully in an organized manner isn't just, hey, I don't want to worry about the, the the feds coming in and taking my guns. It's I don't want to see the whole world fall into World War goddamn three. And that is a very real possibility and if you think it's not a real possibility then you are not paying attention to to what goes what's going on in not just the united states but the rest of the world and you look look at the way that governments are treating their populations you've got germany talking about germany talking about making camps again that's some shit man you know for covid for a disease that that kills you know that that has a death rate of like less than you know, 2% or something like that of, uh, you know, and healthy people don't have to worry about it at all. You've got the UK who, who did Brexit and it took four years for them to actually do it. And there was, there was a serious chance of the, 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 the elites or whatever you want to call them in, in the UK, ignoring the vote. That was a serious thing that they were contemplating. This is not just in the U S yeah. This is not just in the United States. It is it is something that that is, you know, I I I wonder if other countries have looked at China and said, you know, China has actually a pretty good model. If we give people a, a certain amount of economic freedom, but cr- really really clamp down on them uh, when it comes to individual liberty, that seems to work well for the billions of people in China. So maybe we can try that in our country and and. I mean that that won't work in the US. I know that. There are too many people with too many guns. There are too many guns.
0: It's the meme, the uh the, the, the fortune teller, and it says, uh, oh, I, I see a country full of angry people with lots of guns. Wow, yeah. that's a lot of guns. And the guy starts yeah. to sweat more. So here we are, right? We're we're basically now at a point where we're looking for the uh the quartet on the Titanic. It's sinking. And I say right now, that would be the music, right? We're looking for some folks to just give us some entertainment. And right now, Phil, what you're doing, all that remains, uh, obviously people can look to the music, look to uh, an escape from some reality. So what's going on in the uh, the music world with you?
1: Well, I mean, I I stream on Twitch uh, four nights a week, you know, um, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, eight o'clock Eastern time. And all that remains is going to be doing. We had a we put out a record in 2006 called "The Fall of Ideals," and we're doing some 15 year anniversary stuff uh, nice. this year. Uh, there will be another a new All That Remains record. I thought that it was going to be coming out this year, but weird. We talked to our label, and there's you know they're they're with the fall of ideals being a 15 year anniversary. You can't do that next year, and it's it was too you know you, it's a 15 year. It's only one year, so uh, we're gonna do that this year focus on that. And then, uh, so we'll have some stuff for that. And then there, there will be a new, all that remains record, uh, sometime next year, I believe.
0: So nice. And you mentioned that 2022, you mentioned Twitch too. You're taking over Twitch. My goodness.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a great platform to connect with people. Um, you know, I, it, you build a community, which is, which is really cool. And there's a lot of people that, that are on Twitch. And I'm talking about like people that, that watch streams and stuff like that. um, that really really do pay attention to the community aspect it's it's more of a community than any other social network that I've seen now i've heard I've heard locals is like that 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 there's a community that you build one of the things that I've noticed with twitch though is the people in the chat when when I'm you know playing and stuff they talk to each other and they take care of each other and I've got a discord that people can go into and it really does become a community of people that are looking out for each other, whether it be, Oh, you know, where do I get this? And, you know, two or three people answer or whatever. Um, Or they set up video games themselves and they play, you know, either in my discord or in another discord and stuff. Those kind of things are really cool. Um, It's social media. I feel like it's social media, the way that, people wanted social media to be you look at like Twitter, right. And you, I'm sure you've heard the, the phrase, you know, never read the comments, right. (laughs) On a, on a, on something. And you know, really Twitter is just the comment section for the world. Yes. So you know that it's just filled with vitriol and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's hard to, it's hard to have a Twitter feed that is consistently positive and not, you know, have people in it that, that are, you know, looking to, whether they be people that are looking to troll for fun or people that are really just angry and mad about something you said or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, that's how Twitter goes. Uh, but Twitch is a different animal and it's something that I really, really, really enjoy. And mm-hmm. and it's, it's been very rewarding. I mean, I'm coming up on doing it for a year now. Um, I the first, I started streaming like February of last year it was the first time that I, Started doing like regular streams and stuff, and and uh, I, you know, it's been a year now, and and you know my community's grown a lot. I think I'm coming up on ten thousand followers on it, and that's uh, on on Twitch. That's really, really that's great, you know. So
0: hey, you know, part of the market is that it works, <laughs> and when we yeah start to support the market in in ways that it moves people to make behavioral changes well goodness we can be the change we wish to see and, and obviously Phil what you're doing not only with uh, you know leading the charge in the way we're having conversations but leading the charge the music I mean this is just the tip of the iceberg I think we're gonna have to have you back on to dig more into actual music stuff Um, but sure. I mean my goodness there's there's so much we are, are definitely going to have to, uh, to look forward to you in 2021 but obviously all that remains you know we're looking forward to uh, you guys getting back out there 15 year anniversary coming up here uh, so what we'll do is we'll include all the notes in the, uh, the show notes so folks can easily go ahead and follow you. All that remains, and uh, find your Twitch and all that you're going to be doing here in the near future. Phil Labonte from All That Remains. Thank you so much for joining the Brian Nichols show. Thank you. Let's sell liberty and look good doing it with proud libertarian folks, when we're selling liberty, we have to start things off by piquing interest. And what better way to pique some interest than by rocking some amazing apparel from Proud Libertarian. Personally, I'm a huge fan of their Do Good Recklessly t-shirt, but there's more than t-shirts to find from awesome taxationist theft snapbacks to the killer. Give me liberty or give me death hoodies. Proud Libertarian has all the libertarian swag you need. And guess what? Brian Nichols show audience members can rock the latest libertarian swag and save some cash on every single order. All you have to do use code TBNS at checkout, and you'll get ten percent off your entire cart at checkout. That's right, each time you order, use code TBNS, and you'll instantly get ten percent off your entire order. Listen, I am super excited. Proud Libertarian here as a sponsor in the Brian Nichols show. So do me a favor, head over there to Proud Libertarian, place your order today. Use code TBNS at checkout, save ten percent on your order, and help support Libertarian entrepreneurs today. Alrighty, folks, that's going to wrap up my conversation with Phil Labonte. All that remains a fantastic conversation, and as always, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you know the drill. Go ahead and share today's episode with family and friends, and when you do, go ahead and make sure you tag Phil and yours truly. You can tag me at B. Nichols Liberty Twitter, Facebook, and minds.com. Want to get in touch with me, go ahead, email me, brian at briannicholsshow.com I love, 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 love getting letters. You heard the letter I read there back on, uh, on Friday from Gabe. Thank you, Gabe, uh, for the letter. If you want to get your letter uh, into to the Brian Nichols Show. Again, email me Brian at Brian Nichols Show.com. If you haven't yet, also head over to Apple Podcasts, give us a five star rating and review. Tell folks why you listen to The Brian Nichols Show three times a week. That's right. And that means, you know, on Wednesday, that's right, we have another fantastic conversation coming down the pike. Corey DeAngelis from The Reason Foundation joins The Brian Nichols Show. We're talking about school choice and the value that school choice brings to those in underserved communities goodness what an important conversation i find myself uh, constantly nodding in agreement with uh, with Corey and saying this is a conversation that we need to be having with folks out there across the board so do me a favor make sure if you have not yet hit subscribe head over to the brian nichols show and make sure you are not missing all the fantastic episodes including the episode coming up here on wednesday with Corey deangelis so folks if you enjoyed the episode as always please do me a favor share with family and friends but with that being said it's brian nichols signing off here on the brian nichols show for phil labonte we'll see you wednesday Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.